Well, this is the end of the series, and it's kind of, uh, it's kind of unusual. I'm, I'm going to talk about, we've been talking about, you know, you may be beat up, you may be broken, but you're still breathing, and, and the, how we have uh, the brokenness in our life really can lead us to having a, uh, uh, a very close relationship with Jesus Christ. Today's is a little different. I want to talk about bo- broken relationships. And you say, hey, you know, John, my marriage is perfect. Really? Let's see. Now, Jerry's gone. I'm the oldest resident married guy in here, and my marriage is far from perfect. It's pretty doggone good. But it's far from perfect. And uh, all of us can have a little bit of a tune-up. And if you're single, maybe you're on a scout for a man or a woman, um, you want to listen to these things. If you're a dad, you want to listen. If you're a mom, if you're a kid, this is all good stuff. So Paul writes in Ephesians 5.25, and, and 28, and we're talking about hope for broken relationships. He says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies, for a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. So there's hope if you're having relationship difficulties. And, and this, this isn't necessarily just husband and wife, but the scripture certainly points to that. But there's, there's always hope. There's hope no matter how frustrated you feel. There's, there's, fr- there's, there's hope no matter how, how fractured you may think that your relationship is or how strained it's become. Uh, there's hope if you feel completely out of sync with your, with your spouse because of busyness, because of finances, because of kids, because of, of all kinds of things that can be creeping in there. There's even hope if the only words you say to each other are hurtful words. There's hope. I don't know what kind of relationship issues you're facing this morning. Usually, if there are serious enough relationship issues, um, uh, folks come to me and say, hey, what about this? Perhaps you're desperate for a partner to love and, and be loved by, by you. Perhaps, perhaps things are a little stale. Um, this morning, there's hope because of Jesus. Husbands, love your wives. This is a command. It's a verb. It's an action word. It means that someone has to do something. The someone, the noun, is husbands. You school teacher, you're going to love this. Now, I can't do arithmetic, but I can do English. Husbands is the noun. Love is the verb, and the object of this sentence is wives. And it's modified by your. And if you look at the original text, it's your own. You don't want to love somebody else's wife. That's not, that's, that's not kosher at all. Husbands, love your own wives. It's a command. It's a doing word as much as it is a feeling. But 
Feelings come and go. I woke up this morning, and I'll confess to you, I didn't feel married. I, it wasn't anything that she did or didn't do. I mean, it just, I just didn't think about it. I mean, she's always there. And, and, uh, but I know that I am. So the fact is, I am married. The feeling is, well, you know, ooey-gooey, you know, good stuff. And so when people say, I'm just not in love anymore, what they mean is that the feeling of love is gone. And the action of love isn't being practiced. So if we focus on the doing of love, loving actions, the feelings are going to return, and they're going to be even stronger than ever. So you, you young ladies who are in a, in a place where you may be getting married one of these days when the Lord raises up a godly man, think about this. Understand, it's not going to last... The ooey-gooey love stuff is going to last 18 months. That's, that's statisticians statisticians say that that's you know where the honeymoon usually ends by the 18th month and i've seen marriages rescued and turned around when one partner commits to the right loving actions you know that they may have bought the book 101 ways in in uh, to to express and love to your spouse and you try it you tried two of them they didn't work she didn't pay any attention to you so you say I'm going to trash the other 99, and you go on about business, and life is the same. Nothing changes. The trouble is, and it's so easy, I wish someone would have, number one, got me saved before I did, and then number two, taught me these things, because you would have had a whole lot easier life, dear. We speak different languages. Now, this beauty here is Polish. And proud of it. Um, the first time I met the family, they gave me the up and down. You know, that, they really did. They scrutinized me. And, uh, and the one aunt just shook her head. And um, you know how uh, if you wear black socks and they're, they, they, they thin out in the back because rubbing on the heel... And so you take off your shoe, you can see the, your, the, the back of your, you can see flesh in your sock. They wouldn't let you wear shoes in the house. That should have been my first tip off. And then they invited me in and I got to eat. And they talked Polish. And they'd be talking Polish. I didn't have a clue what they were saying and, and she was involved in it. And, and uh, then they'd look at me and laugh. I don't speak Polish. The few words I do say aren't fit for public consumption, but the language was a real barrier, and I came to find out years later that they were laughing and pointing at me because the poor boy doesn't have enough money to buy a pop, proper pair of socks. Well, I got people in here that don't wear shoes. The family spoke English perfectly. Perfectly. They had a Chicago accent, but they spoke, they, they, they spoke it like it was their first language. But in order for me to communicate with this family in their home, 
I would need to learn the language. <laughs> it wasn't worth the effort. It really wasn't. They could speak English. And, and so it's the same way with love. It's the same way with relationships. We have got to start speaking the language of our spouse, the love language. I, I love holding hands with my wife. I love putting my arm around her. I'm going to miss her terribly uh, while she's gone, but I'm going to rejoice in the fact that she is serving. I love her giving me words of affirmation. But she loves receiving and giving gifts and doing acts of service for other people. I love to kiss and hold her hand, and she would rather me help her before I got to do the kissing. And it's important to speak her love language, and she to speak mine. Um, the, the beauty of this, I, I, just, I just tease my poor sister Joy unmercifully about me being the expert in, in Filipino. And the only thing I know is booga booga, and she says that's not even a word. And, and so, yet, in Filipino or Tagalog or, or whatever you're speaking, the love language is the same. And I'm going to teach you some. If you don't already know, if you do, it's going to be a real neat refresher. So when Paul commands husbands to love their wives as Jesus loved the church, he's setting a challenge, an adventure, to find ways that we love our wife selflessly. That means working out how she feels loved, her love languages, and learning how to speak it. And the other way, too, gals, you need to start speaking the, our love language, too, if you, if you haven't already started that or you don't know. Uh, by the end of this hour, you, you, I think you will. When you learn to speak your spouse's love language, Love will not evaporate. Now, I am the self-proclaimed doctor of love. I am an expert. Well, how did you get to be an expert, you might say? Well, for 50 years, I've done everything wrong. So I know, and I've been instructed by the, the professor sitting there in, in all of her radiant glory of how I messed up. And so I try not to do it again and again and again and again. Let me explain something that's very, very important before we do anything else. Everybody, take your right hand, okay, and put it right here, okay? You know what's there? What's there? No, you think it's your heart. It's, it's your emotional tank. Some can put it here. Some can put it here. Some put it here. And let me explain what your emotional tank is. We all have one. And so, the emotional tank is the reservoir of our emotions and how we live and how we love. And don't give me another year, fella. How we are able to, to I'm sorry, Nick. How we're able to, to uh, respond to one another. Now, my wife's emotional tank's the size of a pea. I can fill her up today and she'll be good for a week. My emotional tank is the size of New York City. 
and it drains like that. So I'm always coming to her getting, needing to have my emotional tank filled. You know, uh, I hug you guys. You just filled my tank. I'm not getting creepy. I'm getting a fill-up. And it's high-octane stuff because there's no better loving that a Christian gives a brother and a sister. That's, it's, that's, that's great. By understanding and speaking the right love language, we ensure our spouse's fiancé, boyfriend, girlfriend's emotional tank is full. So let me get started with these five love languages. You know them, you've heard them, you've, you've, you probably know these better than I, but this is, a good, this is a good refresher. Words of affirmation is the, first, is the first language. Mark Twain said, I can live for two months on a good compliment. So that means he only needs six to last him the whole year. If that's your spouse's love language, they need more than that. Words of affirmation are compliments, words of appreciation, are compliments and words of appreciation that communicate love. You know, you look great today. Man, thanks for doing that today for me. I, I really, I could not have done it if you hadn't have done it for me. And that's not just blowing smoke up somebody's nose. It's, it's that true uh, appreciation and affirming, affirming. A lady couldn't get her husband to paint the bedroom despite all of her nagging. And so it was starting to get to him, and so she went wise woman that she was, to a counselor. And she told her problem, and the counselor says, well, um, does he do anything good? Well, yeah. Does he, does he take the garbage out? Oh, yeah. Does it without me asking him? Does he put gas in the car, your car too? Yeah, regularly. Does he mow the lawn? Sure does. Well, Don't mention painting the bedroom again. But every time he does something that you appreciate, that's good, compliment him. Guys, you got a mom, right? You got a sister, right? They have love languages too. Don't be skimpy. Don't think that just because you're not married, you can't employ these. Girls, same deal. It belongs to the whole family. Well, three weeks later, the bedroom got painted. <laughs> she didn't bring it up again. But every time he did something that, was, that she appreciated, she complimented him. And it paid big dividends. Words of affirmation, uh, it's not flattery to get your partner to do something you want. Rather, it's doing something for the well-being of the one you love. The end result is a full emotional tank. I, 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 it, they, they, they work. If you're not a, a man or woman of words, if it's not your primary love language, but you think it may be the love language of your spouse, let me suggest that you make a list of the good things they do and regularly tell them about it. Quality time. Uh, some need time and attention. Lots of men show their love by working hard to provide and, and, and forget that quality time significantly in, uh, communicates love for their wife or to their wife. And, and many of us guys are problem solvers. You come to us and we want to fix you. Well, here's the flash. Guy, she's not broken. 
She just wants you to listen to her. And, and that's the last thing that she wants is for you to try and fix it. The next day when she wants to talk about the same issue, you tell her and you jump all over and say, listen, if you're not going to do, do what I told you to do to fix this in the first place, don't bring it up again. I'm tired of hearing about it. Well, you know, it's, it's not about taking advice. It's about showing love and listening. Guys, our wives will tell us when they need something fixed. It's usually a water pipe or the garbage disposal, but they'll tell us. So, what she really wants is having quality time with you. So, marriage is a relationship, not a project. Being a son or a daughter is a relationship, not a project. It's not your old man, it's daddy. And it's not the wicked witch of the West, it's mother. Remember that well. This, this, this is about spending time together in a common pursuit, enjoying being together. So, so if, if you go on lots of shopping trips, smiling and holding the bags, and it fills your bride's tank nicely. Well, uh, okay, but, but I can't, I, I, I just, I'm not a shopper. I'm just, I'm just not a shopper. I'll, I'll do anything else, honey. I will. I'll, I'll, whatever you want me to do, I promise you, I'll do it. You just tell me. I beg you. No more shopping. She doesn't ask much, but if she needs help, she will. But the, the problem here is that we aren't, we're doing it as a task, and that was my problem. I was looking at this as a task rather than an act of service for her. And eye contact and listening without doing something else, hearing the feelings and confirming them and not interrupting is, is what's really important. And this multitasking is the buzz killer here. When your spouse is talking to you, put that phone away. Don't even have it on the, t on the table. Put it in your pocket, put it in your purse, put it someplace else. Because that, even having that phone on, your, on the table next to you is saying what you're saying or what you're about to say really isn't as important as this next call, this next text, this next uh, Pinterest thing that's coming up. A recent research uh, project has shown that most of us can only listen for 17 seconds before interrupting. Some people can't stop talking and others don't talk at all. Quality time requires three things, friends. The first thing is, at least one of you wants to do it. And the second is, the other is willing to do it. And the last thing is, you both know why. To express love of being together. Receiving gifts. Now, this isn't greedy. This, this, there's a lot that goes, goes along with this. Receiving gifts and giving them. Don't reject an expression of love that is shown to you in a gift. A clue that someone's love language is receiving gifts is that they give them. My, I'm, I'm always getting at, this is the John and Sarita show today, I feel, but it's, this is how we learn, because I show you how I screw up. 
the, 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 I'm, I'm getting after her because she's, she is just doting on these kids, wanting to give them something that's important for them. You know, Christmas time, she isn't just going down the aisle or sticking money in an envelope, unless, unless that's what that child wants. And if what she wants is money, that money will be in bills that are, that are in sequence. <laughs> she, she'll, uh, she makes sure that each of those kids receives something that they really and truly want, and that thrills her soul. And I'm just grumbling about the money. It's her, it's her love gift. Gifts are visual symbols of love and come in all kinds of shapes and sizes and colors. And they can be bought, they can be found, they can be made. If that's your partner's love language, it's time for you to get creative. Not just parents. Dads, this is going to sting a little bit. But that's okay. It's church, I love you. Father's Day is next Sunday, right? Yeah. Okay. If your wife or your children want to give you something, this could be an expression of their love language and not, ah, I don't want anything. You know. And, and uh, you've, just, you've just killed their buzz. Don't stifle their love language of giving. Think of all the things they have loved receiving. If you have no idea what they're like, let me give you an idea. Guys, Say, you know, Dad, I want to do something for you. No, I don't want to say, hey, how about, or honey, I want to do something for you. How about uh, my favorite meal? I was told by someone in here that one of the fathers loves Twizzlers. That same father also loves payday candy bars. Can't stand either one of them, so if that's you, enjoy but what a way to show a gift of love to dad. Dad, accept it. And if she asks you or he asks you, dad, what can we give you? Twizzlers and a payday. Beautiful. How about washing and detailing the car? How about a favorite dessert? Get help from family or friends. If you're a spender, you're not going to have any difficulty spending. If you are a bit of a tightwad, I'm sorry, if you're thrifty, uh, it may be harder, but remember, you're making an investment. Okay, acts of service. Here's a story. Emily. Emily and her husband, Simon. Emily was a grad student, and Simon had finished school, and he was, he was working and it was the end of the end of the uh, it was the end of the semester. In fact, she was graduating. She had a huge paper that was due, and there she was tapping, typing out her, her on her laptop, and she could hear sounds from the utility room of her husband filling up the the washing machine, and then loading the dishwater washer, and and he was catching up on the on the laundry, and 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 in recent days Simon had cleaned the house, fixed supper, ran errands all because Emily was in the midst of this final of her graduation. And as she was hearing these noises, she smiled. And she knew that her husband was doing this because he knew that she needed help. And Simon was feeding, filling her emotional tank. Her primary language was acts of service. It made her feel loved and content. 
Guys, if this is your wife's love language, here's how it can work. Baby girl, I love you. How can I help you today? And when she says, can you go shopping with me? You bet. I'll even drive. What is it that I can do for you? Well, can you watch the kids so I can have a little bit of a break? Can you fix the this or fix the that? Can you do the this or do the that? Your husband's criticism about your attitude and behavior is a clear indicator of his primary love language. People tend to criticize their spouse most likely in the area where they themselves have the deepest emotional need. Physical touch. Okay. If you're under 18, cover your ears, kids. This is going to get graphic. Well, not graphic. Most guys think the, the love language of physical touch is sex. Couldn't be farther from the truth. Couldn't be further from the truth. The gift of touch, the, the physical touch, as a love language, is, is it can be momentary things like hand on the shoulder or a cup of coffee is given, holding hands, arm around the shoulder on a walk. Once you find your partner is a physical touch person, it's time to get creative. And I'll tell you, when that happens, stuff when the lights go out get a whole lot more exciting because her tank is just brim, filled to the brim with emotional love. When I get a spontaneous soft touch on my back, or when I get a hug from her, or she touches my face, I tell you, I'll charge the gates of hell with a squirt gun (laughs) to make her happy. Why? Because my emotional tank, the size of New York City, has just been filled. It's starting to slop over, in fact. It's filled so much. Let me give you some ideas. You're at a restaurant. Play footsies. Nobody knows. There's nothing wrong with that. You've already got a good start. Your feet aren't even on, or your shoes aren't even on. Matt, take your boots off. You guys are going to have a good time today. A kiss on the cheek as you put the seat... There you go. Guys, you open the... (laughs) Okay, I'm going to try. I'm really going to try. As you open up the door, put her seatbelt on, and when you reach over to put her seatbelt on, give her a little kiss on the cheek. Are you writing this down, Matthew? (laughs) Matthew. Um, Stroking her hair in front of the TV. Giving a back scratch. Or a rub, back rub. Paul tells us, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So if love is cool, then it's time to start doing loving actions to rekindle it. Love is a verb. Our aim should be finding out what our partner's love language is. What does your spouse do or not do that hurts the most deeply in your life? If words hurt, then your partner's love language is probably words of affirmation. 
What have you asked from your spouse most? What do you naturally want to do? More important is what your, your partner's primary love... More important is what is and do you know the primary love language of your partner? What do they most criticize? What do they most like you doing? And so if the love tank is so empty and the marriage is so cold, then think back to those early days. What showed love them? and made them appreciate you the most. How can we speak each other's love language when we're full of hurt and anger and resentment over past failures? And the answer to that question lies in the essential nature of humanity. We're creatures of choice. That means we have the capacity to make poor choices, which all of us have done. We have spoken critical words. We've done hurtful things. We're not proud of those choices, although they may have seemed justified at the moment. But see, poor choices, poor choices in the past don't mean that we must make them in the future. Instead, we can say, you know, man, I, I, I know I've hurt you, but I'd, I'd like to make the future different. I would like to love you in your language. I need a little help. I've seen marriages rescued from the brink of divorce when couples make the choice to love. It doesn't erase the past, but it makes the future different. When we choose active expressions of love in the primary love language of our spouse, we create an emotional climate where we can deal with those past conflicts. Being single or married has nothing to do with whether you need to feel loved. Everyone has a God-given gift, God-given desire for complete and unconditional love in all relationships. So understanding and applying these five love languages are going to enhance all relationships, husband and wife, kids, relatives, even friends. Pick up the book by uh, Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages. You may be able to get it at a discount at the Lifeway if they have them there anymore. Read it and put it into practice. Marriage is a picture of husbands loving their wives selflessly. It's a picture of Jesus loving his bride, the church, by laying down his life for her. That encompasses every single one of these love languages, what Jesus did when he went to the cross for us and then rose from the dead. That's why Paul commands husbands to love their wives. He's making a point about Jesus' love for the church. Relationship issues boil down to the most important relationship you have. God the Father loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son, who willingly went, by the way, it wasn't just an assignment, came to earth to live a perfect life and then die for us out of love. Do you need hope for relationship difficulties? We've concluded this series in what I believe is the most critical relational issue among Christians. On the surface, work out what your partner's love languages are and develop them on a deeper, more lasting level. Get the one relationship that undergirds all the others by responding to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Uh, by the way, next, next week is a uh, Father's Day message. Uh, it's, I, I'm 
was particularly blessed as I was as I was doing it. Again, it's one of those. I it was in the it was a newsletter deal, and it was it, I, some people don't get the newsletter, and I figured it was good enough to try and preach from it. So that's that's kind of what I'm doing. Father God, I thank you for the moms and dads, the husbands and wives, the brothers and sisters, the the children, friends. Lord, I, I, I praise you for each of them. And Lord, I, I thank you for the fact that, that each of us has a love language that has been given to us, designed specifically, that we can, can catch a relationship on fire, fill those emotional needs with our words, with our helps, with our acts of service. Lord, may we be creatures of yours who have a desire to be everything that you've called us to be as we build into the lives of our loved ones. Now, Lord, as we, as we move into the next part of the, message, of the, of the uh, service, I pray that uh, you would speak truth into our hearts if there's anything in our, heart, in our lives that uh, is, is causing a, a break of fellowship from you, we call it sin. Lord, may we confess that, that we will not take communion in an unworthy manner. Lord, I thank you and praise you for it all in your son's name. Amen.